I confess my last boyfriend had ED issues. Even though he was rarely hard during our eight-month relationship, he still made me have multiple orgasms. Smiley face, right? Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based live show featuring smart storytelling and anonymous confessing. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions, as well as sister shows Unspoken and Confess, all explore themes of humor, vulnerability, and emotional justice on varying topics. No matter the topic, the highlight of any Bedpost Productions is the participation of the audience members sharing their own secrets in the form of anonymous confessions, which are read aloud during the show. This piece is called Living Out Loud. What does that mean? It sounds like I'm going to uh, talk to you in the style of a famous television lifestyle guru and tell you that you can live your best life through storytelling. And maybe I should regale you about all the wonderful things storytelling can do for you and how the difference it's made in my life, which it has. Um, of course it will, because it's storytelling and it's wonderful, but uh, there's something else that's kind of underneath it for me, and I kind of want to back it up a little bit. Who here actually knows the origin story of Bedpost? <gasps> Silence! Oh! <laughs> well, uh, many years ago, my children, um, I met Sadie and Mia and Rosie in, in the late summer of 2010. They were already in cahoots, serious cahoots and shenanigans, trying to figure out how to do an erotic reading series here in Austin. Um, Austin didn't have anything quite like it. We had burlesque and poetry slams and the like, but not erotic reading. Uh, you could find that in San Francisco and in New York. It was kind of hard to find it anywhere in the red state area um, at all, still. And uh, so Mia, of course, was from New York and was doing this really sexy podcast about times at sex parties. And Sadie was writing about her open marriage online. And Rosie was writing this ridiculous creative fiction, which astounds us to this day because it's so weird. Um, and I was five years into an anonymous sex blog with my husband about things. That's because it was an anonymous blog. Um, we were having a very good time, though. And uh, we, got, we all got together. So I, I met all of them, and I had this theatrical background. So we brainstormed, uh, continued to do that, and pulled together a show for us reading uh and the i remember at the the bar we were at at spider house i think the 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 owner was like oh not very many people will come i don't know it's a reading series and we were like okay so we used this tiny little space we had a naughty bondage clown kind of situation to do interstitial no it was it was real funny um jay was in it and it was just hilarious and uh and um we had a packed, tiny, tiny space. It was packed full of people. And we were really, we were scared shitless, pretty much, <laughs> the four of us. Rosie warmed up the audience by having these cards that had words on them for all of the audience to say. And some of them were clean words and some of them were dirty. So she started off by saying, like, mittens, penis, penis. vagina, orgasm. So then, then we were all like, okay, we can do this show. <laughs> and we did, we did it. Uh, and there were like uh, 50 people, 60 people in the audience, and it was successful, and here we are today. Um, I know. 
We have talked about virginity, sex education, sex while having cancer, jaguars and the power of the strap-on, sex on drugs, sober sex, gender and transitions, first orgasms, professional dominatrixing, let's see, um, clementines and the joys of power exchange in the workplace, lesbian camping trips, 19th century sex cults, Zumba, uh, we've had sexy cello, aerial dancers, drag kings and queens, and a whole lot of confessions. Like thousands of confessions. Like fucking thousands of confessions. And the more that I did this show, at least, the more I became convinced that while the words on the page say things like, I've never had sex with a woman, I'm a woman, and I really want to experience this before I die, and I don't know how to start. Those are words, and they say that she wants to have sex with a woman, but there's something else underneath that. It's a deep desire. It's a fear that she's never going to experience something. It's an inability to figure out how to get something that she's wanted for a long time, and that's big. And so all of these confessions that we've gotten that are braggy and cocky and fearful and tentative and confused and sometimes predatory, although we don't read those, um, we have, yeah. And uh, a myriad of other things. It's like the sex is there and there are words, but then there's this other message underneath it. And it's a both and, right? These are actions that we want, but there's something else under it. Now, I've also read a lot of pieces on stage. I've read... The Motorcycle, which was a tale of personal mortification, mini dresses, motorcycles, and my menstruation while not wearing underwear. No, if you missed it, it's, it's just horrible. Um, always carry tampons, ladies, and always wear your underwear or have a pair someplace you just don't know what's going to happen in your life when you're trying to impress a boy. Um, mm, that was bad. Um, s- fucking cedar, which was a pay-on to our most glorious cedar trees, Interspecies sexuality, consent, and nasal relief. Like a Prayer, which I read with Modavio, which was an investigation on fertility rituals around the world and throughout history. Ruin Me, about aging. Communicate, about consent. Ghosts, about the death of a lover. Going Rogue, about the sad fucking state of sex ed in Texas. Howling, about puberty and meeting perimenopause. Insight about vacuum cleaners and polyamory and what I learned from vacuum cleaners about polyamory. And I will answer any questions you have later, but it totally blew my mind. Um, Weight about my mother and 44 confessions, which was terrifying, sharing things about myself that perhaps were better left unspoken. But I spoke them in public on a mic. And if I look back and I using my little thing of like, oh, there's something underneath it all. And so what was underneath my words? I would say that I was living out loud on the mic, but boy, I was, I was still pretty confused about sex. I'm still pretty intimidated by my own desires. I'm still cautious and tentative about asking for what I want at times. I dance around the subject, and I do a lot of entertaining to hide from my core feelings and needs. Right? I mean, who doesn't do that? It's funny, but... I haven't always written about the most powerful experiences, the sexiest experience, or the weirdest experiences, or the, oh my God, how did I find myself there, and what is that thing that they've got on their body experiences? And I haven't shared with you, sometimes not even with myself, but I haven't shared with you, like when I realized compersion was a real thing, like it wasn't just a word that polyamorous people made up to justify doing what they were doing. (laughs) And it was a real mind-blowing experience that can slip through your fingers. 
into the tangles of jealousy, which is a really familiar feeling. Compersion is something you have to practice, and it could really change the world if we learned how to do it right, because it's all about empathy. Some of those things are mine to tell myself, and some of those things are mine to tell the world, and some of those th things belong to the people I was with, so we have to negotiate how we tell those stories, and that's hard. So stories are powerful, but they're also private sometimes. It's a both and. The other thing is, I, and I, I know my, my co-producers, we've held space for the stories to be told, and sometimes we don't get to tell the stories we want to tell because we're holding space, and that's hard. Sometimes that's an excuse for not telling the story, which I know I've used. But sometimes I'm just finding my way through ridiculous programming. Like, who's had childhood programming that you're trying to break out of? I mean, my God, it's so hard, right? Like, about living quietly, about not taking up too much space, about not making a mess not making anybody angry, right? So my most heretical confession that I can make is that sex is not the part of this show that's kept me going. It's the realization that we all need room to speak if we want that room, to be heard, to be seen. Yeah, right? It's that we all are searching to be able to bear witness and to be witnessed. And our world does not provide us that space very easily. It's hard to live your life out loud because it is fucking busy out there. You gotta go to work, you gotta pick up your kids, you gotta cook dinner, you gotta pay the bills, you gotta like, get your hair done, you gotta figure out if you're supposed to be protesting something or I don't even know what you're supposed to be protesting. And are you for Uber or not for Uber? I don't know, it's too confusing. I like to get free rides, but it's crazy. There's people suffering and labor laws and I don't know. How the hell are you supposed to get up on stage and tell a story? How are you supposed to do that? I don't know. We all are afraid. We're all told not to say things. We're all going to lose our jobs. We're all not going to get new jobs. I don't know if I'm going to get a new job ever <laughs> because of the things I say on the stage. But the thing is, that's, it's, it's terrifying to, to speak up here sometimes that it is just to say to your partner, I want to make love more often. I miss you. Or... I want to try this new thing, or I wish you'd scratch my back more. Or, do you still love me? All those things are hard. So whether it's the micro or the macro, it's just, in, it's just important that we, we learn how to do it. And we're here, you're here. Something in us knows it's important to open up our hearts and our mouths. And I'm doing this show because it's important, because moving into new territory with bedposts is important. Uh, I'm moving to Oregon in uh, about six weeks. Okay, I'm gonna be back. There's planes. You guys see me on Facebook like 400 times a day. You'd be like, she moved? What? I saw her on Facebook. Um, you'll just get pictures of trees, big trees, and lots of rain. Um, but we're gonna do shows in Oregon. We've got shows going on in Canada with um, Kim Talbert, who's amazing. Uh, we hope Colorado. We hope Maryland and uh, a friend in West Virginia and who knows Houston. I don't know. Let's do it. Let's fucking do this because. We want to listen and to hear and to see, and that means something. You've got empathy for each other. That's why you're here. That's important. You've got a story you could tell. That's going to help somebody else. We've been doing this for nearly six years, and we're not going to stop. We need to live out loud. We need to stand up. We need to speak out and call out power. And we need to live our lives pleasurably, fully, and with joy and playfulness. And we need to do it in public. Piss everybody off. <laughs> Thank you.
So whether it's just looking in the mirror and saying your story to yourself, writing it down, committing it to paper, telling your best friend or your lover or your partner, putting it up on stage right here, you got it in you to do it. That's what the community needs. That's what I want you to do. And uh, I also want you to have really good sex. It's both and, right? It's about the action, but it's about so much more, but you better get laid if you want to. So as the lifestyle guru would say, you've got a story, and you've got a story, and you've got a story, we all got a story. Tell me you've got a story right now. Yes. We're all going to tell them, and you are too. So thank you very much. I'll see you in October. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. Confess with us at bedpostconfessions.com. Until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess I didn't lose my virginity. Just good to put that in quotes because there's many types of virginities. Till I was 21. I was so tight, it took my husband, then boyfriend, a week to enter me. Finally, I got so frustrated, I told him to lay down, and I just slammed my pussy down on his cock. On my childhood twin-size bed, in my father's house, in the room next to my year-old baby sister. Goodbye, social constructed myth. (laughs) 